If you enjoy listening to these LA meetings, you can also join us live for as long as we continue doing Zoom meetings. Visit our website to get the list of virtual meetings and the login information via Zoom. The website is oalaig.org. We hope to see you soon. Tom, and I am a compulsive overeater. <coughs> uh, so I miss Los Angeles. <laughs> I miss Los Angeles is where I got my recovery. That's where I originally got my recovery. It's where I had the majority of my relapses <laughs> when I was I was a, a chronic relapser for quite a while. I came into OA. In 1986, I had been a year and a half, two years uh, sober in AA, and somebody in AA told me about OA, and um, I got it right away because I had just finished working the steps in uh, in OA, um, in AA, uh, and so I got it right away. I got a sponsor. I went to meetings. I lost. I was about 320 pounds at the time. Um, uh, and, uh, I want, I came into OA originally to be bluntly honest. I came in because I was in my twenties and I was lonely and I wanted to, I thought that the way it wasn't, I wasn't looking for anybody necessary. I was looking for anybody at that point, but I, uh, I thought that the reason that I was alone was because of my weight. I found out that it was not because of my weight. It was because of my personality, and that took some time. Um, I also think that if you're looking for somebody in recovery, that idea of two sickies don't make a welly, I found out the hard way that that's often true uh, because I was, um, I, I lost the weight. I lost it. And then I, what, I remember being asked to speak at the Thalians meeting. A lot of you remember the Thalians meeting. And it was a big meeting. There were about, what, 150 people there around, something like that. And, uh, our founder was there. And so I just got, because I was asked to speak there, I got so full of myself after that. And now suddenly I was God's gift to recovery and to abstinence. And I was telling everybody how they should abstain and very cocky and uh, pride comes before the fall. And I relapsed. And that was my first of many, many relapses. I would, when I was coming to the kitchen sink meeting, I would get abstinent for a while. I would get involved in the program again. And I would get a sponsor and I would work the steps and I'd be doing all and taking service commitments. In fact, Carol and I were co-secretaries of, of this meeting way back when. And, I, and uh, Victor and I were the, were the greeters at one point. And, uh, was, I've done a lot of the commitments that were at Kitchen Sink and when it was at the Lions Club. Um, just to fast forward because relapse is relapse. I do want to say that at 14 years, 12 or 14 years sober, I got a, uh, a, a healthy inheritance when my father died. And um, I paid off all my debts, and, but I stopped doing any kind of program. I was barely going to one AA meeting a week. I got up to 385 pounds because I wasn't working any kind of program. Um, and uh, so what I know now is that the, the idea of consistency and persistence and coming back no matter what, I don't say keep coming back as much as I say don't go away. That's really, 
That's really what it is. Don't leave no matter what. If you're in relapse, if you're, uh, if you're just struggling like nobody's business, the only thing I've done right consistently in the past nine nine years that I've been abstinent is I've kept going to meetings. And even before that, the reason I got back, got my recovery again was because I was going to meetings in spite of being in the midst of relapse. And I was at the time I was in Salem, Oregon. And I remember sitting on uh, my bed one morning after a binge the night before a horrible binge. Cause at that time I was eating, I put on like 30 pounds in a month at one point. My wife had said to me, it took me so long to, with tears in her eyes. It took me so long to find you. I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. And, um, and it was horrible. And I'm sitting on the edge of the bed that morning and I'm sitting there beating myself up. Also self-flagellation is counterproductive. It doesn't help anything for anybody ever. Just like fear and worry do not help anybody anytime ever with anything. So, but I'm sitting on the edge of the bed and I'm beating myself with everything you know about the 12 steps and everything you know about recovery. How can you still be doing this? And what we like to call the still small voice quietly said to me, if you're beating yourself up about this, you must think you still have control. You must still think you have control. You must not believe that you're powerless. And I got a shiver. And the shiver is quite often a way that I know that it's my higher power <laughs> getting through to me. Uh, and, um, and so I called this guy in, or in uh, Portland, Oregon. I was living in Salem, Oregon at the time. And he was long time in AA and he was long time in OA. And I had gotten his name from another guy, Richard, uh, in Portland. And he said, look, if you're looking for perfect abstinence, you're going to look a long, 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 long time. Because I still had diet mentality. That was part of my problem, is that I was still using my, my food plan wasn't as much a food plan as it was as me trying to control my food. Um, it wasn't surrender. It was partially about accountability, but it was more about someday, the, the line in the big book that says, um, the great obsession of every abnormal eater, compulsive eater, alcoholic, is that someday somehow I'm going to be able to control and enjoy this. And so I just basically, he said, why don't you try for a week doing three meals a day with nothing in between? Because I had also tried. A lot of, look, we have this thing in, in OA called um, a unity with diversity, which means that people have different food plans. They have different styles of working their recovery, but there are some fringe elements or if you want to call it, I, denominations for want of a better word in OA um, that, and outside of OA that don't use the traditions that use the 12 steps, but they don't necessarily, they have, you, you follow their food plan, you follow it, or you don't, you're not considered a member. I mean, I, I found some of the rather extreme versions of this because I was desperate and um, it didn't work for me. It may work for people. And I, my whole thing is whatever works for you, as long as it's working, that's good. If you're, if you've gotten freedom from the obsession and if you've gotten uh, freedom from the, the, your binge foods, from the addiction to your binge foods or the, the compulsion to eat those, then, and it's working, 
I know what works for me and I don't tell anyone else how to work their program. I don't tell, I tell, share my experience, strength and hope period. The guys I sponsor, I, I make my suggestions on what actions I have taken. And if they don't take them, then it's wasting my time and wasting theirs probably. But I can, I, I think with sponsorship too, it's been, I, I learn from the people I sponsor. I learn what I want and what I don't want. Also, it's, it's as simple as um, one day, one meal at a time. I have a meal by meal reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And when I first came into recovery, they started talking about God and higher power. And it was like Charlie Brown's parents. Wah, 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 wah. I just didn't, it didn't click for me. It was, it was difficult. So they said, why don't you choose a, a concept that you understand? of your own understanding. And one of the best suggestions ever made to me is make a list of what you want your higher power to be and what you don't want your higher power to be. And then start to communicate with the one you want your higher power to be and fire the other SOB if it's a problematic higher power. And that's what I've had to do. Uh, I've also had people say, if you you know, that that's just worked well for me. And um. I'm just so very grateful because there have been so many people, including people in a lot of people in this room, in this meeting that were patient with me, that tried their best to share their experience, strength and hope with me. And I, uh, often I was like a puppy dog looking for love. I was just, and, and I'd, unfortunately, sometimes I would go to the people, I almost attracted the people that, were going to not pet me, but kick me. There were times that happened to me. You know, if there's a room of a hundred people and there's one in the room that doesn't like me, guess who I'm going to zoom in on? Guess, okay, that's the person I'm going to, I'm going to seek out. It's very odd. Um, so what I finally heard was other people's opinion to me is none of my business. My opinion of me and of others, that's what counts. And if I'm doing the things that are tried and true in this program. So that's the tools, the steps, sponsorship meetings. Well, sponsorship and meetings are two of the tools. Um, the reading, the writing, praying and meditating, all of that stuff. I'm in pretty good shape. I can, and if my food does start to get off track, my current sponsor is a wonderful guy named Lee here. And, and I'm, oh, I'm living in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Now. And uh, the Middle Tennessee Intergroup is a wonderful group of people, and I love them dearly. And my sponsor said he talked about lapse, relapse, and collapse. And I, I like this idea because so lapse is if I'm driving down the road and I go a little over the double dotted white line, you know, that's dangerous. That's I might hit another car. I might, and but I can get back into my lane pretty quickly. For me, that's a lap, or some people call it a slip. Um, relapse was where I was when I was totally stalled on the side of the road. I wasn't going to meetings. I was uh, not working. I didn't have a food plan. My food plan is also um, I committed every morning to my sponsor what I'm going to eat for all three meals. Um, I write it down so I don't have that vagary. It's not a diet, though. What Diets, I used to go off diet. Right. I'd start a diet and then, oh, I'll start again on Monday if I if I blew it. 
Uh, I'll start again after the holidays. Um, I don't do that now. If I have a little lapse, the very next meal, then, and I tell somebody too, accountability and transparency is important. If I've had a big meal, my, my sponsor knows it, my sponsees know it, um, but it's also a red flag for me. It's the litmus test to where I am spiritually. So now, so relapse is off the road. Collapse is, um, I was sponsoring a guy who weighed 450, 500 pounds. And he couldn't even get the bariatric surgery. I, you, you and I, we, we know people that have had the bariatric surgery who have still regained their weight. Um, so relapse is just, it's desperation and it's, it's isolation and it's hopelessness. And it's, I'm, I'm in the midst of killing myself basically. And I may or may not get back out of, relapse i don't know you can get back from collapse i don't know that i don't and i know that's waiting for me i know i'm not cured i i know that it's essential that i use the the meeting earlier today was on the essentials and in the the in that uh appendix on spiritual experience in the back of the a big book we know what the three essentials are if i stay willing that means I don't gotta wanna. My first AA sponsor, a guy named Cubby, used to say, "You don't gotta wanna. You don't gotta wanna. You just do it anyway." I don't gotta wanna go to meetings. I don't gotta wanna call a sponsor. I don't gotta wanna work the steps. But if I'm willing to do it, whether I want to or not, that's different. I can do it with a bad attitude. I can come into these rooms with my arms folded, sitting in the back row, taking everybody else's inventory except my own. But I'm still in the room. So if I'm in the room, I stand a chance, right? Uh, the, the thing that got me back on track one time was at the Serenity Sunday meeting when a guy named Grateful Jack was sharing about the, in the first paragraph of how it works, it mentions honesty three times. And I had never heard that before. And that got my attention. So honesty is another one of the essentials. I have to call myself on my own BS and I have to have a, be, have a sponsor that I'm willing to allow to point out to me either gently or harshly that the way I'm seeing things is not necessarily the way they are at any given time. So, and then of course, keeping an open mind. And it, now in, the, in that appendix, it does say, no one need have problems with the spirituality of the program, that the essentials are keeping an open mind that means I'm teachable. I'm willing to jettison old ideas in favor of ones that work better. If it works, I can hang on to it. If it's, if it's something, but, um, so yeah, so those are the three essentials, willingness, open-mindedness and honesty. And if I stay, if I stay on, thank you. Okay. If I stay on track with that, I, I can't lose. So persistence, consistency, um, determination, I am determined, absolutely determined that I don't want to get into the yets. You know, I haven't become a diabetic yet. Those are, these are things waiting for me. I'm not cured. I'm not cured and I never will be cured of this. I might have been a cucumber once, but now I'm a pickle, you know, and watch, you become, you know, and now I'm a pickle. And so I'm never going to be a cucumber. And, and, uh, and so 
that's it. We're like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. People who have lost their legs. Um, the other thing, and I just want to finish with this. I had a hard time when I moved to smaller places. There were very small meetings and maybe two or three women in the room. And I was the only guy. And if you live in a small place, often you're the only guy at the meetings. Um, there is a, there are a lot of men's meetings around. There's even an OAMN.org that's part that was put on by the uh, World, brought up at the World Service Conference when I went to that. Um, and uh, we had a men's forum. And one of the things is, excuse me? Oh, um, so uh, the, the, um, the thing is, is that I need to be sensitive to other people and I need to earn trust. Trust has to be earned. And I, unfortunately, I usurped that trust in my early days in recovery. Um, uh, I was on the prowl and I hate to admit that, but I was on the prowl in the meetings. If you're a guy in this program, leave the women alone, please. Please leave the women alone. Let them get their recovery. And if you're early in your recovery and you're a guy, get your own recovery because it's true. Two sickies don't make a welly. And we need to remember that. And the sexual politics of OA is a very real thing. There have been people that have been wounded deeply in this area. And I think that it's something that needs to be addressed and needs to be looked at. And so let's keep it about the language of the heart and Talk to your sponsor and use your sponsor for guidance in these areas. Um, and so um, I was abused as a child. I had to look at all that stuff. I, you know, um, and that, that was deeper. That was 10th step stuff. And that came up in my inventory, but I had to deal with it in other places too. And um, I am, I, I stay in the moment as much as possible. That's also really important right here, right now, not just one day at a time, sometimes one hour, sometimes one minute at a time. Um, I pause when I'm allowed to feel my feelings, but what do I do with anger? What do I do with fear? That becomes essential. Um, how do I process those? I've written on paper to the point where I ripped the paper. Uh, I've written angry letters to God calling him every name in the book and he can take it, you know, uh, this is going to sound blasphemous, but I heard this at an A meeting once. If I'm giving God the finger, at least we're communicating, you know, because God knows me better than I know myself. So if I'm, if I'm uh, raging and blaming God, blame is also one of those things like with fear um, or with self-flagellation, blame is counterproductive. It doesn't help blaming myself or anybody else. Forgiveness is wonderful. Forgiveness is an amazing tool. Love, peace joy taking it a moment at a time i don't watch as much news as i did before because that'll get me all screwed up um and uh and i go to a lot of meetings now and i get to have these reunions i've had them each place i've lived i've been able to see people i haven't seen in, or talked to in years other than on facebook so with that i'm just gonna i'm gonna uh First of all, express my deep and sincere gratitude to everybody in this room, all my old friends in this room who 
put up with my nonsense for years and tried their best to, to help me gain some wisdom. And, um, and it's available here. And if you're new, just don't go away. Just try this for a while. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain and yet everything to lose and nothing to gain, whatever, you know? <laughs> um, and I, uh, I love you guys. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. I love each and every one of you. <laughs> That's all I got. Thanks. All right. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Okay, now it says if you have a question, please click the raise your hand icon. I'll call on you, and then you can unmute to ask your question. So let me go look at the uh, participants and see if anybody's got their hand raised. Oh, Julie. Hi. Uh, thank you so much. That was that was great. Lots of quotable quotes. How, how did you break that kind of ingrained diet mentality, particularly like you measure and commit your food? Yeah, it's different. You know, I do measure my, I do in weigh and measure most of my food. Um, and, um, and it's, it's because portion control has been an issue for me. Um, but I am not fanatic. I don't, if I'm a gram over or half an ounce over, I don't get, I also ask God to help me when I walk into the kitchen in the morning, God help me make choices as far as my food is concerned. So it's not about diets to me were about control and they were also about um, if you don't look this way, you're not a success. Uh, that's the, this is, this is my opinion. Society through the media has shown us all these really warped ideas of, 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 you know, no wonder there's so much body dysmorphia. I don't know if you know it, but every mirror, it's a piece of glass. So it might show you a little thinner or it might show you a little fatter too. So that's not even a good gauge. So it's about healthy. It's about being healthy physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And so that's not a diet to me because diets I'd get fanatical about. And I would, I would, I get, almost like a cult thing with it, with specific diets. I once turned my will in my life over the care of Richard Simmons, as I understood him. Uh, and uh, I got obsessive about exercise. And that was before I ever found recovery. So anyway, um, and I worked out with the guy and it was going to the tapings of the show and, ah! you know, that's, that was insanity to me. So a food plan is sensible. It's sane. It is, um, it is honest. It is specific. So I made a list of my red light foods, which are the ones that are set up cravings, green light foods, which I'm not probably not going to binge on broccoli. Um, and my yellow light foods may go to bright orange. They might, you know, and my food plan is organic too. It it's changed. It's evolved. I've taken things out and added things. So that's the difference. Diet are just rigid and and also always about quick weight loss any any nutrition doctor will tell you that the best way to lose weight is is slowly and not be in any hurry about it and change of lifestyle really so yeah 
You're welcome. And then the next person would be um, Julie. Oh, no, that was Julie. Uh, Barbara. I think. There we go. Do you have a, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, Barbara. Oh. Do you I, have I can. A, okay. Do you have a morning routine to set yourself for the day? I do indeed. Um, I get up early. I'm sitting in what I call my prayer chair right now. Um, I have a whole stack of books here. I have a pad of paper uh, here. Um, and at the top, I, I write the date uh, and the day. I write the number one, and I think to myself, I'm powerless over it. Look, if I went to all the 12-step programs I qualify for, I wouldn't get any sleep. So I'm powerless over fill in the blank, and I can't manage my own life. And I write the number two. And I, I just ask that my thinking be directed, that it be filled with gratitude and honesty and truth and the idea of selfless service, and that I be given all through the day the right thoughts, ideas, words, actions, and attitude with everyone I encounter. And then I write the number three and I say the third step prayer, or a version of the third step prayer, because it says in the big book, the wording was optional. So I've liked to change it into thank you for giving me the right thought. You know, thank you. Here I am. I'm yours. <laughs> thank you for building with me and doing with me as you will, as you have, as you do. Uh, thank you. Please keep me relieved of the bondage of self so that I can best do your will. Thank you for taking away difficulties because victory and, and triumph over difficulties absolutely bear witness to those I can help. And I can't help everybody. I can't help everybody. You know, there are people that aren't, don't want to hear what I have to say. And what I say is less important than what I do. So, and then I have a whole, yeah, I'm, I'm here for an hour, at least an hour every morning before I start getting calls from the guys I sponsor. And so this has become, and I have the luxury of time now to do that. Not everybody does. So it needs to be tailored to what each person's higher powers will is for them, I think. But yeah, it's essential. Otherwise, I'm a nutcase. I'm still a nutcase. With, with that said, I'm less of a nutcase than I used to be. <laughs> so hope that answers your question. Thank you. Okay. All right. And then Don. Uh, hey, Tom. So, um, hey, Don. Don. Tom. <laughs> Great job. Um, the, you've described how you've had issues with relapse on a number of occasions. And the question is, what is it that you do or are doing different this time that you think is a game changer in terms of breaking the cycle? I think, I, yeah, that persistence, that, that determination that just, um, I just don't leave. I just don't go away. I hit my meetings. I call, I, I have people. I think that the maintenance steps are essential. So I do a 10th step every morning too. I, I think that what we gain in recovery is emotional intelligence and emotional awareness. I think we really start to, um, to more, we can quickly suss out if we're angry or if we're afraid. And on the other side of my anger is always fear. I'm going to lose something I've got. I'm not going to get something I want or people aren't going to act the way I want them to act. Um, frustrations, feelings of, you know, so the feelings, the feelings come from the thoughts and the perceptions and so if that's the first thing, and, and God, if I've asked God to direct my thinking, 
in the morning, then I can hopefully pause when agitated or doubtful to let God back in. It's not that I'm a slow learner. I'm a quick forgetter. And so that idea that I need to remember my higher power, and when I forget my higher power, as soon as possible, get back to, okay, who's in charge? Your will, not mine, be done. Or your will and mine be one, to align my will with God's. That becomes that becomes really helpful too. So is that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so relapse, and also not, if you are, when I was in relapse, I used to beat myself up about it all the time, and didn't hurt, and didn't judge me when I came back, and they weren't, they weren't, because they had relapsed too, perhaps, but boy, we can still be a judgmental and critical bunch, can't we? That was, that was part of my, that's always been part of my problem, and, uh, and so to stop that and just have some compassion and empathy for people that are struggling and wrap your arms around them and say, welcome home, you know, don't go away. Just don't go away. <laughs> so, yeah. I love you. <laughs> it's good to see you. All right. Um, next on the, sorry, let me get to the participants again. Oh, and we're almost out of time, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're ending at uh, 11.45 today. So, Leslie, you're next. Hi, Tom. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I'm relatively, I'm very new, and it really helped me. Um, And I've been puzzling over the concept of abstinence. And here's my specific question. If I've eaten relatively... um, well during the day i've had three meals and they've been healthy meals mm-hmm. but say it not then after the meal after dinner i have two three maybe five crackers which are my binge food but i don't binge like i used to like eat the whole pack of crackers have i broken my abstinence and i have to start from day one again or is that a lapse well, do you have a sponsor? No, not yet. That will that will help tremendously because a, a sponsor helped me figure out what the difference between a diet and abstinence was and the difference between a diet about the difference between a food plan and abstinence. Okay. Food plan is a tool and is part of my abstinence. My my abstinence is really sane and guilt-free eating. And so this idea that it it took a long time for things to get this way. Be patient with yourself and with the process. It's going to take a while to straighten them out. So the main thing is to listen at the meetings with an open mind. And um, and there's some great tools. One of the best tools that I've found, um, I talked to the guy when I was at the World Service Conference. There's a guy that wrote, and we're almost out of time, so you'll probably be the last, the last person that I talked to here. But um, a guy named Don who – he wrote the pamphlet, most of the pamphlet, a plan of eating. And um, he's very active in world service and very active in the program. And, and he said that one of the best pieces of literature that he felt in his opinion that OA had put out in years was this 15 week uh, step workshop. Um, And I've been through it twice and facilitated it. Uh, I've been through it twice and facilitated it twice. So the second time I did it over the phone, it can be done one-on-one 
sponsor to sponsee. It can be done as a group or, and it can be done as a zoom. Cause we finished this last workshop that I facilitated that and also participated in. We did it as a zoom at the end. Cause we, and that book has been so helpful for me because it uses both the AA and the OA 12 and 12. It uses the two daily readers and it uses, um, it uses some of the other literature to take you through all 12 steps and the steps will change your perceptions about food and your actions with food. I promise. I, okay. That's a, that's a misery back guarantee. If you don't get this after going through the 12 steps, we will cheerfully refund your misery. <laughs> so, so. Thanks. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. But, but part of this is, the gift of desperate. So now back to, now I, I go back to the format here and, um,